Welcome to the High Action Podcast. I am John Story, host alongside my cohorts in the New West Guitar Group, Perry Smith in Brooklyn and Will Brom, also here with me in Los Angeles. On today's episode of High Action, we are going to discuss studying guitar in college. Being that this is a topic that many people are thinking about this time of year as students are committing to schools here in the spring and deciding what they're going to do for the fall, um, we figured it'd be a great chance to to address this. It's, a, it's an important topic for young players, and it's, you know, it's one that many of us have kind of been at that fork in the road, and today we're going to get to share a little bit about our personal experiences and give students some suggestions as to uh, what to do when they're making the choice to study guitar in college. But before we do that, would like to give our sponsor a shout-out today. It's made possible, this episode, by Radial Engineering. They're the creator of audio solutions for recording studios and live stages from direct boxes to unique switchers and reamp devices. So visit RadialENG.com and be sure to tell them that the New West Guitar Group sent you. So speaking of New West, how are you guys doing, Perry? How are things on the East Coast on this May Day? Yeah, they're good. And a happy belated birthday to you, John. Ah, thanks, bro. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day out in New York. So uh, excited for the spring weather and to get into this very important topic, which is kind of a crucial decision that a lot of young musicians make, you know, where they study, study music in college. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big one for sure we could do like many of our topics we could divide this into about 16 episodes but we won't for you because our our listeners time is valuable to us so we're going to address it today as best we can will how are you doing down in uh long beach everything's good one of those classic late gig nights to early podcast mornings so yeah yeah, yeah. Fun. working Working, yep. you know, all the stuff that back when we were in college, we thought we'd be doing podcasting and virtual meetings over Zoom. You know, this is definitely what we were thinking we'd be doing in 2002. <laughs> right, Perry? You know? Not exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is funny to think about college because I really had very little concept of what the career would actually look like. And this is before the days of social media. So it wasn't like you could on a daily basis, sort of see what everybody was doing, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. A person's sort of reputation around town was sort of paramount, a lot more than their following or reputation on social media. That didn't exist, you know? Yeah, well, of course. And and I knew that we were all going to be doing a lot of stuff with the Internet. I remember distinctly when, Perry, when you and I got to school here in Southern California, um, one of Joe DiOrio's students was helping him with his website. And I remember, uh, or basically did the website for Joe. Right. And it had a lot of the jazz structures for the New Millennium books on there, and it had stuff to purchase. But that website and Jimmy Bruno's website, Jimmy had a lot of streamed audio that him and Joe Beck had just recorded with the alto guitar duo stuff. And I remember thinking, man, this is so cool. I can put music on a website and get people to hear it. And it didn't really cross my mind back then as a guitar student how that was going to change the, quote, music industry. Because, you know, when you go to school to major in guitar, you kind of figure, okay, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get a degree, and I'll use this degree to get employment a little bit as a guitar player here or there, and there will be an industry for me 
to go into. And I, I tell you, Perry, especially for guys of our age and well, Will's too, he's of our same generation, you know, that, that shifted in college for us. And by the time we graduated, it was clear that, you know, actively seeking a record contract and being hired by producers, kind of a hired gun on a regular basis for all their shows in their studio. That's all union work. A lot of that was really fading away. And I don't think it would have actually changed my opinion about where to study guitar in college because I don't know, Will, you and I both came from the Northwest. I wanted to get down to L.A. I mean, I first of all, I wanted to get out of the rain. I wanted to go as far south as I could <laughs> to mm-hmm. get into better weather. But also, coming to Los Angeles didn't just mean going to college. It meant I am going to go to an established music scene of which I, I hope I can earn participation in, right? And do you feel the same way, Will? Like that, that was one of the reasons why you wanted to leave Portland and get down here? That's the word uh, that I was going to use, participate, to get to participate in the scene, to study with with teachers and get to know people that are in a scene. And I mean, um, back in 2006, 2007, when I was graduating high school, I was either going to go to Los Angeles or New York, Mm -hmm. basically. Those were kind of the only two places I was thinking of going. And um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. like the next step just felt like, okay, I need to go somewhere where the scene is bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, Portland has an amazing um, set of colleges up there. I mean, Lewis and Clark with Dan Balmer is great. Portland State has a real long history of great music. Ed U of O has a great music program. So Oregon is in of itself has great places to go study music. And again, like for me, my vision was I wanted to go to a scene. I'll earn a college degree. I'll go to college, but I wanted to earn earn a degree. And so there were some choices that had to be made early on, especially my junior year. And that vision started having to kind of come into place. And Perry, I'm curious, what was your vision when you were about that junior, senior year of high school up in the Bay Area that you were kind of seeing yourself um, go for guitar in college and also like what we're talking about going to a scene because like will and i you also chose to leave the bay area and come down here to la and and do that i'm curious what was your vision at that point well my vision was that i was succeeding on the guitar and the realm of jazz uh, through a lot of like educational opportunities that were available in high school and that gave me some good confidence to sort of apply to these different programs that um seemed attractive and yeah, USC was sort of the, the best fit for me. And of course, I was negotiating all the same things you guys are saying, New York or LA, trying to be in a big city that could sort of help launch my career. Um, and then also try to be in a program that was inspiring, where you find a teacher, maybe multiple teachers that you feel like is uh, something that you can really grow within. Um, now, every student every family has to take on probably the biggest negotiation which is going to be the cost of these places so that's something that everybody has to consider um, in their own situation and that that can be you know very brutal if you have zero help and that can be an extremely privileged choice if you have a lot of help so that's a sort of a different reality that everybody has to face but nonetheless i think something that's really important for prospective students and, and families of prospective students to think about is that when you major in music, there's no guarantee that you will have a job afterwards. There's no 
it's not like getting a degree in engineering or something, right? There's really no guarantee. And maybe the best advice that I got when thinking about going to music school was something that Shelly Berg told me on the first day and pretty much every other incoming freshman, which was, if you can imagine doing something else professionally, you should probably do it. Because the music career is hard enough that if you sort of have one foot in the door, one foot out the door, if you're sort of straddling the fence figuratively, it's going to be really hard to be happy, you know, in that career. And so something to think about for young students that um, you can always minor in music. You know, you don't have to major in it if it's really not your calling. Well, and, you know, one of the, you hit the point on so many things to talk about today with, you know, the idea of doing music as a side study, as an addition to primary studies in college, also the idea of getting a job based on your degree. I think we'd all be pretty surprised at how many people out there are actually doing what their degree was in college. In fact, just to kind of give you guys some ideas, I, I looked some stuff up before the episode this morning, and according to the Economic Policy Institute, which did a comprehensive study about three years ago, this is really before the pandemic even, mm. right? Um, something like 27% of the U.S. workforce out there across all economic strata is actually engaged in a career which involves any element of their college degree, 27%. So about a quarter of people out there are doing what their degree is. And I, I know a lot of people, because a lot of them come to me for lessons when they're, when they're in their 50s and 60s, who had music majors in college for a while, maybe a year or two, or finished a bachelor's and then went on to do, you know, financial advising or something else, or got a, actually right. got another job. Right. Um, interesting too. This study then took those twenty seven percent, and they did a separate study on these people. They they studied their income. They studied um, their income to their debt to income ratio. They also studied how happy and content they are with their career. And something like seventy eight percent of the people who are doing their college degree choice are happy with their career now. It's not easy being a musician, and I've, I've, you know, like all of us, we all have days where it's just it's it's a hard career because it's so self-made to sometimes figure out just the step that's right in front of you and to make the proper choice and to, to negotiate all of the um, all uh, all of the things that we have to keep in motion as a music as a musician. But I I consider myself to be in that category because I got an undergrad in jazz guitar, I got a master's in jazz guitar. All I'm doing is jazz guitar or guitar-related stuff, and I'm very happy with what I'm doing. But to get to that point, I feel like the college choice was critical because I had to get down to L.A. to really have a career. Um, and, it, you know, being able to, again, negotiate some of the challenges – like the how expensive LA is and everything was all part of deciding where to study guitar and and where to go and if and if I would have known when I was 18 how difficult it really was going to be to do that I might have thought twice about it you know I don't know will do you feel like you know you and I coming from a similar kind of area Portland down here um, do you feel like the challenges of being in a city like this and the challenges of building your career in a scene um, have kind of been what you expected when you chose to come down here to study, or has it been um, even more um, more of a gradient? Do you feel like? Yeah, the challenges. <clears throat> I haven't I haven't focused on the challenges more so just the excitement of being in a place where you see there's so much more 
to, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word achieve, but that's kind of the word, right? Like there's right. so much more to see, to participate in, being in in like a Mecca, whether it's on the West Coast or East Coast where people are coming in and touring. Um, in LA's sense, I'd say one of the most daunting things that I realized coming here was, wow, just like this place is so big. Sometimes it's hard to like get across town to see someone's gig after like maybe you had class all day and then you like taught some lessons and it's like, oh, should I go to this jam session or should I sleep? <laughs> so that was that was an interesting new challenge coming into like the college lifestyle after high school. Yep. And the car, you know, like I didn't oh, have man. a car the first car thing. Yeah. year and a half down here. And it, and I took the Metro, man, it was hard in LA to do that for sure. Yes. Um, and you know, every city's different. I mean, there's, we're talking a lot about LA and New York because we're jazz musicians, of course, you know, you can go study music in other music industries like Atlanta, Austin and Nashville and Miami, these areas, Dallas have big music scenes, gigging music scenes. Um, but the fact that we chose these areas, it's it's mainly because the the primary industry, quote industry, you know, when we were out of high school, seemed to be in, in these two areas for the kind of music we're playing. And this brings us to some questions also that I think students should be asking themselves before they choose to study guitar in college. Um, and also, um, just to do a little playing here, some some sort of self-assessment that you should do when you're going to college. Let's say that you've already accepted that you're going to go study guitar in college and you have a vision for it and it's your purpose and your vision and you want to go for it. So some self-assessment beyond what your teachers might be giving you. I think all three of us might have some tips today on some things that you might want to just look at with your playing um, before you step set foot into a music school. So I thought I'd start first. Perry, what would be something you'd suggest a student who's just chosen to major in guitar for their undergrad have ready to go with their playing? Well, I'd say maybe above all um, and crosses over any genre that you're really passionate about, whether you're going to Manhattan School of Music for jazz guitar or you're going to, you know, GIT for you know rock pop kind of uh guitar styles i would definitely spend time sight reading that's probably like the number one thing because sight reading can really help you with your fundamentals uh can help you with your sense of time your articulation just to be accountable for what's on the page and executing that on your instrument is probably one of the best things you can do as a young musician preparing for college considering that so many young guitar players have a real deficiency with sight reading. And I, I don't see any way that sight reading hurts your playing. I think it only sort of helps your overall musicianship and your ability to be hired as a guitar mm -hmm. player. So that's mm -hmm. probably the main thing. Um, I don't know. What else do you guys have? Well, you know, I feel like Every guitarist, when they go to college, should have down, of course, what, you know, our sort of, we called it USC functional skills. So being able to play your instrument, having a good tone on your instrument, playing in tune, you know, these are basic things, but sometimes I get really good young students, I was working with one last night, actually, who, you know, hasn't spent a lot of time thinking about his tone, you know, just kind of plugs into the amp and starts playing. And when you really are focused on, hey, you know, with this guitar, with this amp, this is the sound I'm going for. So really dialing that in and committing to that. And 
being open when you meet other guitarists and teachers to exploring and changing that philosophy of tone that you have. I mean, that's why we go to school. But little things like here is I will just dial up my guitar for a second here. So, you know, being able to play all of your, say, major triads on your top three strings. And going around the circle of fifths, just being able to do that, you know, at a reasonable tempo. And, and when you play that, and when you do that with the metro metronome, also visualizing yourself doing that completely solo with no accompaniment, with no help, um, because I think a lot of young students when they're in high school haven't had a lot of experience yet just like st stepping out in front of a group of people and playing something completely solo. They're usually playing in their jazz band at school or playing with their buddies after school and playing something as simple as those triads or all your major minor scales at a certain tempo and literally imagining yourself setting foot on a concert stage and doing that solo, um, you know, is, is something that can really help students build confidence. Um, because when you go to a music school, having confidence while being open to improving, you know, is is how we meet other musicians. It's how we build our community when we're when we're studying at school. So really visualizing yourself playing solo and gathering some of these functional skills, scales, arpeggios, chords, triads, and and learning how to organize that on the fretboard. It's also okay to go to school in the fall and say, you know what, I have yet to really do this. Like I want to learn more about chord shapes and chord inversions. And the more of that you've inventoried and are aware of what you are lacking of or have will help you start school off on, on the right foot too. How about you, Will? What's something you'd suggest students are aware of? Well, in my experience, um, you know, especially in the audition process, I'm sure you guys are all familiar. Maybe you're, someone will contact you. Hey, I'm getting ready to audition for blank school in the fall um, for the jazz guitar program most of the time, right? Yeah. And you go, cool, let's play a tune. And that will tell you a lot about maybe where their priorities are. Um, they might know a couple songs or they might, in one instance, um, someone called a song that was just very off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. It was kind of an obscure peripheral of a jazz tune. And I was like, what about four? You mm -hmm. know, so really, again, in the jazz guitar college context, Knowing a handful of tunes like Autumn Leaves, like Four, Blue Bossa, Beautiful Love, Alone Together. And if the chord inversions aren't even there, if they're literally just playing the same inversions, but the time is there, and John, like you said, the sound is there, that's, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, and to piggyback off of what you were talking about, I'm curious what you guys would think, but... I noticed in my own habits, especially around my sophomore, the second half of my sophomore year of college, my practice habits started to change and refine and get more focused. Mm -hmm. um, I distinctly remember just being aware one day, like, wow, I've, I've really kind of like honed in on like practicing things methodically. Um, did that ever happen for you guys? Or do you remember when that happened? Yeah, Perry, what do you think? You know, early on, I was not the most methodical practicer. I was mm -hmm. sort of in this more of more of in this philosophy of like practice the way you want to play. So I would play all the time, play along with recordings, and play with other people all the time. 
And that is also really important. But uh, it wasn't really until later in college or after college that I adapted more of like a methodical uh, approach to practicing, mm-hmm. which I think is, is crucial. Um, so the thing, you know, when you go to college is you just have to keep an open mind because there's so much that you don't know. And developing a career on the guitar in whatever genre can be extremely overwhelming um, when you're young. At least it was for me, just thinking about this sort of sleeping giant that is the art of jazz and the craft of guitar, um, mm-hmm. to try to you know, wrap your head around that and sound good consistently was, I remember, a lot to, to try to comprehend. And so probably just like you guys, we just spent hours and hours and hours and hours practicing. I mean, I can remember periods in college where I was practicing like up to 10 hours a day. And I wouldn't say it was all like the most efficient time of practicing, but it's like a connection that you're developing with your instrument um, that yep. is really important, regardless of whether you're, you know, dicking around on one tune for 30 minutes or something. Yeah. It's still mm-hmm. valuable. So um, yeah, methodical practicing is important, but maybe above all, just trying to keep an open mind about um, the, the information that you're getting from different sources. Uh, and the, I guess the last part to add to this, which is a, a little tricky, but you know, follow your instincts, follow your heart, follow sort of your passion. Um, like at USC, there was a lot of opportunity for me to sort of veer off into like playing different styles of guitar other than jazz. And I just sort of kept really focused on jazz because that was where my passion was. That was where my instincts were telling me to go. And I'm really glad that I did. Yeah, yeah, and and it's the you've all all of us have talked today about the openness, like being open to change. I mean, certainly for me, I was open to the idea of going into school as a jazz guitarist and maybe leaving school a different kind of guitar player. Granted, I'd only played jazz really deeply from middle school into high school, which wasn't that much time at that point in my life. It was just like four or five years, um, but it. It, being around other people who are as focused as you are on something like jazz as we were at USC certainly put me in a whole nother place of attention to practice, attention to focus on a genre. Um, and it, it really sort of made it clearer for me and confirmed more of how I felt like I wanted to be a straight ahead jazz guitar player when I graduated school. And we all, you know, were very realistic. We knew that the landscape was tight for that and it was hard. And, you know, a lot of gigs that were for straight ahead jazz were just, you know, it seemed to be a lot of casual work. And, um, but, you know, when we were at USC, you know, David Foster was picking up a lot of students there and formed the first band for Michael Buble and Renee Olsted, all of these gigs that he was taking on the road in the summertime. And there was actual opportunities to tour, um, which kind of brings us to another point that we're talking about, which, um, you know, choosing to go to L.A. or New York automatically will put you in proximity to people like we just mentioned a guy like David Foster, who's a major producer. He's always looking for younger musicians for his bands. Uh, I remember the first set of guys that went out in Buble's band, all of them were like 19, 20, 21, you know, back in 2004 and five. Um, and then, they, you know, a few of the guys from the Monk Institute were in that band also. But putting yourself in proximity to that will help you have real world career opportunities while you're in school um, versus if you go to school locally, let's say like, will like imagine if you and I would have just gone to school at Mounted Community College and just started gigging around Portland, 
it maybe won't put us in proximity as much to major producers, major artists, major touring opportunities. So these are things that students sometimes have to weigh. Sometimes they're cost prohibitive. And I feel like today, this was one thing I was really wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, kind of a core element of this topic of studying guitar in college. Back when we made the choice, all three of us, to come to L.A. to go study at school, I felt like it was really essential to move into a larger scene and just start working and start getting in there and meet the players and go to guitar night like we did, Perry, and go to every gig you could, like Will, you said, you know, juggle like, oh, man, I got class in the morning, but I want to go see a show. Because if I stayed in Portland, I would just be doing the same stuff I did in high school, you know, and there's great music up there. But now with social media, so many of the great young players I'm following that are on Instagram who are having tons of attention and some of them are getting really great gigs and some of them haven't really left where they came from. You know, one example is my buddy Dan Wilson, like he's in Ohio and he lives in Ohio and, you know, he's somebody who gathered a lot of attention on social media, but is also doing major gigs and social media in a way kind of puts us in proximity to a lot of these major players if we're the right kind of player that gathers attention on social media and you know it's i feel like if you're a student that can't afford to come to la or new york which is just outrageously expensive now then i feel like there's a better chance if you do stay in a place like portland or boise or you know wherever if you work social media the right way and get to these cities now and then and spend your spring break going to la and hanging out at gigs and networking that there's a better way to kind of also get some career experience while you're studying guitar locally at a school that's maybe more affordable than one of the famous schools that we've talked about today. And I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. Do you agree with that, or do you feel like it's still totally essential that you have to move to as large a scene as possible? I'm curious, Will, what do you think about that? That's a great point. I'm, I, I was going to ask that question if you didn't bring it up. And um, I think that that is becoming a more valid form of being established as an artist kind of inevitably it's certainly different than like you said when when any of us started college um, and I think it's only going to continue to just be more of a thing I'm sure you've all had that experience where um, you know you've heard this player online a lot and then one day you actually see them in person and you already know what they do or perhaps you've met someone online you've chatted and you've referred them for a gig and or maybe they refer you for a gig and you may never have actually met before. Mm -hmm. So I think it's becoming more and more of a reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a reality that students can choose more affordable schools in their locale and make connections and get a career get get career experience just by way of of some social media, you know. It's interesting. It's I, I don't know, Perry, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think social media really kind of brings home the concept that, you know, each musician is a brand, right? We're all an individual brand. We kind of are all our own little small business. And prior to social media, John, we're talking about the years that we entered school, 2001, 2002. Um, in order to build that brand, yeah, it was pretty important that you were in a scene with other people that would notice you from time to time when you were out, whether it was at a gig or whether you were checking out music or whatever, taking a lesson with somebody. But nowadays, that's not really the case as we're sort of describing with the opportunities you have on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and Stitch and go on and on, right? Um, the only caveat I will add to that is, you know, you can't 
Uh, okay. I mean, you can develop a career completely by yourself, I suppose. But one of the advice uh, pieces of advice that I got from uh, a teacher of ours named Alan Pasqua was he said to me once, he was like, you know, in terms of the way you develop as a player, a lot of it has to do with the people that you play with. So you can't completely exist in a vacuum of social media by yourself. I mean, a lot of the way you develop has to do with the people that you play with. So mm -hmm. um, if you can find people that really push you in the right way in smaller scenes, then that's a great thing. But um, for better or worse, a lot of people flock to areas like Los Angeles, New York, um, and that's, I think, a beacon for a lot of the best musicians in the world. So you might find yourself, um, you know, a little frustrated in smaller scenes if you can't connect with the right kind of musicians, because even though social media gives us access to connect to everybody, it's still pretty crucial that you um, play with, you know, good musicians to push you. That's, I think, right. still a pretty important aspect. Yeah, and, and not just think about studying guitar in college, but think about I'm studying guitar in college and and meeting the people in the scene and getting out in the scene. There's yeah. a duality there. And yeah. and in a way, it's like on-the-job training, you know, like imagine going to school for something like, you know, computer science and you're, you're in school in community college up in San Jose and you're also working at Google part-time. There's like, there's sort of an on the job training that we have to get as musicians. And we all saw students that just stayed in the bubble, stayed at school, stayed on campus. And I don't know very many of them that I'm gigging with now or seeing around town anymore. A lot of them have gone on to do other things. So if you're the kind of person who feels that you're a little shy or that you, that, you know, it's hard for you to focus on multiple things because you're highly academic you know, like you're somebody that really wants to get a 4.0 all the time. A music major might be a difficult major for you because you have to accept that maybe you're going to get a lesser grade in some classes, such as your GEs, and just pass them so that you can get out and be participating in late night sessions. You know, these are things that I was not aware of when I went to school. I was just like, oh, if I get A's in my guitar classes, I'll become a great jazz guitar player, you know, which is not exactly how it works, you know. Um, well, as we wrap up the episode, a couple bullet points for our listeners. Some of the famous colleges for guitar that we've mentioned in passing today, um, University of North Texas, Berklee College of Music in Boston, I'd put USC right there, and in terms of conservatories, Manhattan School of Music, New England Conservatory, and then Juilliard added guitar 2005 when their jazz program had started in 2001, and perhaps even the new school. Are there any other schools that you guys would add to that that are the famous colleges for guitar in the country? Yeah. Um, I would add North Texas State to that, if you didn't mention that. Also, yeah, I, uh, yeah first, yep. Indiana University, and uh, Dave Stryker teaches there. And you mentioned New England, of course, I believe, New England Conservatory. Um, yeah, University of Miami has a good program, too. Uh, William Patterson has a really good program as well. Um, I'm sure we're leaving a few out, but those are some ones that come to mind. Yep. And for those students out there who want to go to those schools but can't swing them, there's community colleges in those areas, too. I mean, here in California, community colleges are like $42 a unit. So my students can take my jazz band for an entire semester for about 120 bucks. So it's like there's actual ways of getting to L.A. and not spending $67,000 on a degree and yeah. getting here and, and participating in the scene equally. Because I don't know about you guys, but I rarely keep track of all the musicians I gig with where they went to school. You know, I, I don't I have very few of them. Do I really know where they went to school, actually? Right. Yeah. It's not not 
not as crucial after a certain point, but as we're saying, there's a lot to negotiate because it does set you up for opportunities. Um, I think mm -hmm. all three of us can say that we've gotten a lot of good opportunities from the places that we went to school. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a heavy decision, but, you know, I think for prospective students, it's important to remember that like the main reward that you will get being a musician is the music. It's not the finances. It's not all that. It's it's the music, and that's that's why you should go into it. Yeah, and and lastly, if you're considering graduate school, just really quick thoughts for each of us. You know, it's like getting the master's and the doctorate, or some schools even offer PhD. Really, is for the path for those who want to pursue adjunct or full time college teaching work. Because beyond that. Getting those degrees, yes, you're going to learn a ton, and it might be a chance for you to say you did your undergrad in Iowa, so now I'm going to go do my master's at USC, so that's when you move to L.A. or New York, and I respect that and understand that, and that could be another way for, for students to step into a scene. So for those who are out there listening who maybe can't quite swing it out of high school, that's fine. You can study it for a few years and then move to another school, transfer, or do your graduate work. And the graduate field now is getting highly, highly competitive. Like USC now has more graduate students than they have undergrads, Perry, in terms of our program that we were there for, which was at yeah. the time there were only three DMA guys when we, you and I were at USC, and now there's something like 10 or 11 or 12 That's a bit them. concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, part, I mean, I'm just going to say it. On, I, I think that it's, I think it's wrong. I don't think that many people should be studying for a doctorate for guitar because – the, the job perspective for getting a full-time teaching job in guitar is so low and so specialized. It's just you're really setting yourself up to, to not have that job. But that's for another that, – I guess that's for another episode. That's for the road. <laughs> you kind of end up uh, yeah. overqualified, you know. Uh, I know sense. a lot of people with DMAs who are teaching elementary school music. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And some that aren't even teaching elementary. The guy who's my financial advisor got a doctorate in jazz guitar. Nice. And he's my and he he makes a great financial advisor, you know. But <laughs> I tell you, you know, no dissing them. But like, I just yeah, it's it's something that it, it's a passionate thing for me because I have a lot of students in that window, and you know, schools are going to try to attract you, and your college or high school advisor is going to say, man, you know, you're the best jazz guitarist ever at our high school. You should go do it. Your band director is going to tell you to go do it and make sure that you are the one that really has the vision and the choice and understand that you don't have to go to a famous school. You can actually do it affordably and then move your way into a scene or just go for it and move into a scene if you can swing it. But it's, it's, it gets me passionate because I feel like studying guitar in college, it's an important choice and people can go for it again only a quarter of people in the workforce are doing what their degree is so go get an undergrad in jazz guitar that doesn't mean you're going to be a jazz guitarist but it, there's a lot of opportunities to do it out there there's great places to study school and just avoid some of the pitfalls when you're when you're looking at it you know and if anybody has questions on studying guitar in college you can always reach out to us via our patreon page uh, patreon.com slash new west guitar group and uh, anything else that Perry will you guys would like to add today? Yeah, I have I have something just um, for prospective students to remember that a career in guitar, especially jazz guitar, it's a lifestyle uh, as much as it is a job. So it's not going to be like you know, like anything else. It's its own sort of lifestyle, and it's very much uh, a night owl type lifestyle. 
And that's something that you have to sort of be willing to participate in if you, if you really want to succeed. And, um, yeah, I mean, if it's something that you're truly passionate about, you know, you will be able to make a career out of it. Um, you know, teaching can be really good, um, as can traveling and touring. Uh, but sometimes what I've noticed is that a lot of young musicians have this idea in their head that like touring and traveling is like the end all be all. And having done a lot of that, I can say that it's not completely the end all be all. So you have to sort of be open minded to, um, you know, where your career might take you and, and, um, sort of where you want it to go as well. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, that, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention, because John, you and I have masters, but Will doesn't. And w one of the reasons that I got a masters was because I thought that there was just a lot more to learn about the instrument that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, Will, you've had kind of a unique experience in this group because we've shared so much information with you for so many years. Yep. And I wonder, do you feel like you've gotten another degree just sort of hanging out in the New West yeah. Guitar Group and hanging out on high action? And I mean, I feel I've gotten the best imaginable, quotation mark, master's degree possible because it's real field experience. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. I think I no matter how much or where I could have potentially gone would have given me the experience that something like New West has given me. 100%. So we'll we'll be charging you uh, <laughs> 30, 30 grand a pop. We're actually that. becoming oh, an accredited gosh. high action university, <laughs> HAU, and yeah. it's we're accredited now. So yeah, yeah. you can charge. <laughs> no problem. The federal government will be happy to give you a huge loan to pay us. So right, no problem. Right, right, yeah, right. no problem yeah. with that. Well, that's for again for another another discussion. But um, thanks again for everybody for tuning in. For those students who are checking out studying guitar in college, hit us up. We all give lessons. We'd all love to give you our thoughts on it. If you guys have any other further questions on it, we appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, see you guys next time. Episode thirty-one coming up next. All right, see ya.